Swung on, hit in the air to deep right. That goes high. It is far. It is gone. Welcome. A Stantonian home run. To the 161st Street Burgers Road Podcast. A Judgian blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Hey guys, welcome to episode 6 of 161st Street Murder's Road Podcast, episode 6, opening day special, Family Feud. With your host, I, Felicia Shukri Wrights, and our guest, Stephen Howard. This is episode six of the podcast, which we'll be talking about opening day experiences, opening week experiences, the family feud. That's internal with the Yankees going on with Brian Cashman, Dirt Jeter, and management. Shoot. Good evening and good morning wherever wherever any of you may be. Um, here we are, another opening day. Opening day 2019 is in two days. And I will say that as a baseball fan, I am very, very pumped. Um, especially for the New York Yankees. It's a new year, a new opportunity. And let's see if this is finally the year that the Yankees can end their 10-year World Series drought. It's been a while. So it's, it's time to bring another championship back to, back to New York for the Yankees. Yep. Steve, make your presence known, buddy. Well, yeah, also... Uh... I'm excited about this year too. It was a long off season. Obviously, the uh, depressing end to last season. Uh, nothing's worse than losing to your number one rival. Uh, out of all the sports, obviously baseball, being a Yankees fan, losing to the Red Sox is even tougher. So I'm ready for this year, and I'm ready to um, show the Red Sox what we got this year. Now that opening day is finally arrived on this day. As we stand in front of Yankee Stadium at 12 in the morning, we just come here to embrace the holiness as we know as the Cathedral of Baseball. Now, opening day is the unofficial holiday of the United States of America. Get your beer, get your food, get your jersey. And definitely get your caps on. Do you agree with me, Stu, that this is the unofficial holiday of the United States of America? Absolutely. And so much so, I'm going to pull off something pretty bold and wear my Yankee jersey and my my cap to work on Thursday. I'm, and I know I'll get looks and yep. probably lots of dirty looks, but that's completely okay. It, it I don't think it should bother me, except for those that are um, that are Red Sox fans. 
But nevertheless, um, it, it's an unofficial holiday. I mean, the entire day from the moment you woke, you wake up, um, it's, it's baseball. I mean, that, that in itself dominates the airwaves. Like, listen, it's opening day, major league baseball. It's a pretty big deal for, for, for all 30 teams, especially if you're, if you're a Yankees fan. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? You start the season at home in New York at Yankee Stadium. I mean, it's go, it's, it's, it's a spectacular day to be a baseball fan and the sky is a limit. You just never know. You never know what could be. And possibly this, this upcoming season is definitely one for a lot of optimism. And I'm, I'm definitely excited to see where, where and how this team makes its mark finally when, when the, when the season is all said and done. So opening day is all about the newness, the fresh start. Everybody's in first place. Hope springs eternal. That's the beauty of opening day. Steve? Well, uh, I agree. I'm going to have to wear my, my jersey as well Thursday. Uh, and I know it's actually today, actually. Today, yes. Yeah. Ooh, um, I guess we're just not used to the fact that the sun hasn't risen yet as we are talking on this opening day, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, bringing out the old jersey. I mean, I still got my my, my CC jersey I got to wear. I got my uh, Derek Jeter 09 2009 World Series jersey. Go figure. The cool. year to, the year to win it. So, I mean, to, to wear it, rather. Excuse me. Well, that's, we're going to have a, another year like 2009, hopefully, this year. Um, I'm hoping on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, already, I need to get my new, my new Yankees hat this year. This is the year that um, since I moved to New York uh, in 2012, uh, I've had the same hat. So i, I got to nice. get a, a New York bought Yankees hat. My Yankees hat is bought in Maryland, so it has that nasty Orioles smell to it. <laughs> so I need to get... Uh, one that's breeded in New York. So two from two native New Yorkers. Welcome to New York. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, living in uh, my parents are from Jersey, so obviously living, uh, you know, my been a Yankees fan all my life. Living in Maryland was tough, but um, being here seven years in New York, it's obviously you know a lot better than being in Maryland as a Yankees fan. I have to say. Um, I'd like to uh, make an announcement. So, as you both know, I never hit the opening game, right? Yeah. So, yes, uh, the day before yesterday, which was Tuesday, my girlfriend fucking surprised the shit out of me by getting me tickets to opening day. So, this will be my first ever opening day game ever in my life. That being said, after today, all said and done, I can finally say that I've been to the New York Rangers home opener, the New York Giants home opener, the New York football Giants, I would say, and my beloved Yankees home opener. I never had any home opener experiences. Later on, I will. But shoot. What's your home opener experiences like on opening day? 
Well, my last Yankee home opener, which happened to be the season opener, was was 2016. And it, it was quite memorable but I, for, for a variety of reasons. But I'll never forget being at Yankee Stadium where that, that the original date itself was actually rained out in 2016. And they played the game the following day. And funny thing about it is that it was actually very cold. The sun was out. It was a sunny day. I was at the game with with a mutual friend of ours, um, Fonzie, but mostly known as Alfonso. And it was cold, windy, but it was opening day. You didn't mind at all. And the pomp and circumstance was, was, was fantastic. You know, it was definitely something that I'll always remember and cherish. It's something that when you get the opportunity to go, it doesn't happen very often, and you, you should you should go. And I think uh, more than anything, it's definitely going to be something that you're going to definitely remember uh, potentially for the rest of your life. Now, I have I haven't had any um, opening day experiences yet, but I've had experiences, right? As we're leaving the play, you know, there's a noise going on. You know, we're a little, little crazy for being outside yeah. <laughs> and in front of uh, the stadium. Are we crazy for doing that? Or maybe we just want to do something different. Nah, yeah. I don't think we're crazy for doing that. No, I'm not, right? No, I don't know. No. But, but um, as I say that I've had opening week experiences... Steven had actually gone to a game with me opening week. When was it? Last year? Yes. Want to elaborate on that, Steven? Was that the that was the, the David Wells game, wasn't it? No, the first one. Um I think it was April sixth against the Baltimore Orioles. Oh that one, yes. Went to the Bodega for the first time? Ah, Chop Cheese. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Yes, uh, you know, I told, told about the, the bodega spot, and uh, I, I thought it was a bar, actually, called the bodega spot. I didn't actually think it was an actual bodega. And uh, we went in the bodega, and I'm like, my first thought was, what, what the hell is this? Uh, then he took me in the back, where all the Yankees fans were, and I'm like, ah, this feels this feels like home. This is, uh, I mean, go- probably going on opening day would probably be the best feeling ever, going there. Uh, cheap beers, cheap chop cheese, uh Places like heaven. What do we have? Like four beers in total, me and you. Yeah, and a chopped cheese. All again, like twelve bucks. Four beers and chopped cheese. That's a, that's a good deal. That's a steal in New York. It is. I mean, you'd be able to find some gems like that. And as you know, we're outside, and you can hear the New York traffic going on. And before opening day really officially starts. I mean, there's nothing better than New York traffic, right? <laughs> what is your experiences around the Bodega now that he talked about it? And it's interesting because before last season, I had never gone to that Bodega. And it was you that actually put me onto it last season. And amazingly enough, um, like I had two opportunities to go. And, but finally, the 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 the, uh, the second time, which was on Sunday, July first of last year, twenty eighteen, 
I was at I went to Yankee Stadium for a Red Sox Yankees game. It was a Sunday night game, and I was fortunate enough to get in there really early. And that weekend was absolutely phenomenal, in which that wait wasn't this the day that I did my tattoo as well? Yes, it was. And and ironically enough, like I got there early enough where like I knew it was going to be a pack house. It was a sellout, and. I decided to go there and try to chop cheese, and I was actually literally blown away. But the only down part about it, the only down part about it is that I got grease on my jersey. That's that's really the only thing that, that kind of that bothered me a little bit. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but I have no regrets. Lesson learned, and I'm fortunate that luckily, um, I've. I I've, I have someone special in my life who isn't the craziest sports fan, but does identify as a Yankees fan. As as okay. that that is that is my that is my girlfriend. So her and I will 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 we'll, yeah we'll we'll be we'll be watching a lot of uh, a lot a lot of games together. But also not to mention um um potentially when we do come down to New York, as she is a fellow native New Yorker herself. Um, to to see to see the Yankees in action, and I have to introduce her to that spot because that that spot is the real deal. Like, forget to pay, forget paying the overpriced beers and so forth. Go get yourself a chopped cheese from that spot. Like, seriously, it's it's a must. I mean, which better than a four dollar tall boy, right? Oh, by far. Oh man, yeah, well, the, the empanadas too are really good. Oh my god! Like, oh, I forgot we had those. Yeah, like well, Steve, like Steven, like you know that getting food from there, an hour and a half will have you set for the whole game. Like you don't well, even have, unless if you really wanted to, you wouldn't. You don't even have to really spend money inside the stadium, except for maybe a bottle of water or an ice cream if it's hot, if it's really hot. Exactly. That's uh, I'm going with a friend later in April, and he's like, I'm I'm not spending money in, in the stadium. Uh, it's it's too expensive. I'm just gonna get the chop yeah, cheese. I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean. For people that don't know what a chopped cheese is, I mean, it's a New York staple. I mean, you're going to hear, like, chopped cheese a lot, I think. One of our, uh, maybe one of our next episodes would be, like, the Bodega Diaries or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I got to say, it shits on the Philly cheesesteak. Sorry, it does. My, my, my fiance would hate that. She's from Philly, but it shits on the Philly cheesesteak. Chopped cheese is where it's at. Yeah. Chopped cheese with bacon and ketchup. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Mm. So, like, what do we need to expect for opening day? Shoot, let's start with you. Yeah. What do we need to expect from the Yankees on opening day, starting today? I honestly think starting today, the Yankees need to establish pitching, pitching, and pitching, and get off to a much faster start than they did a year ago. Because if anything, one thing that we know is that the Yankees can't afford to get off to a slow start. It's just absolutely critical that they are that they are pitching well, that they're able to get on hits with runners in scoring positions, and I think that. Like a day like today, in where that the New York Yankees get off to a good start offensively, especially the key guys in the lineup, I think 
the Yankees can only can only go 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 further up in terms of what they're capable of. And I think I think seeing a really good start today by um, by the opening start of Masahiro Tanaka will definitely qualm the nerves and concerns of Yankee fans in terms of the starting rotation. I think if we we just need to carry on like our energy. And I'm sorry, we get Wes. a good start, like get a good start on the Baltimore Orioles, which we know they're gonna be the bottom feeders of the ALE. We all know that. You know, especially by the moves that happened last year at the trade deadline and they didn't make any key free agent moves. This is our division to take. In our division to lose, am I right about that? You're, you're right, and I, I think that more than anything, I, I mentioned. I said, I said I was sorry because I totally forgot that you had a superstition that fans of the podcast should know about. Wesley has one superstition: do not mess with him on. He'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll kick your ass for it. If he's going to a particular game, he despises hearing who's starting that game. Until I get into the stadium. Exactly. And I hear. Exactly. That, <laughs> is, okay that, that really is a thing. Any, it's okay. You said I, think I took off my headphones and Steven looked at me crazy. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've experienced it. I've, uh, I think it was like the second time I met Wes. It was at Yankee Stadium with a game. And uh, I said, who pitched? Who's pitching? And he's like, I don't want to hear who's pitching. Do not ever say who's pitching. <laughs> they want to. I've never, I've never said who's pitching, and sometimes I get scared next uh, that I'm going to slip, but uh, I haven't yet <laughs> since then. I mean, yeah, I've had that superstition since uh, 2015, and the witness to that superstition is our mutual friend Alfonso Caldero, in which I will be at the game with him on Sunday. Now. As I said about opening day expectations, I expect us to carry on this energy that we're pissed off about last year and want to demolish everybody. Because what do I always say? When it comes to the MLB, it's the Yankees and 29 of its bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On to Yankee news. We all said that this is the episode of Family Feud. The Family Feud of the New York Yankees. Are you aware of news that just came out about the relationship between Brian Cashman and Derek Jeter? Did you guys hear about I mean, that article that you uh, posted the other, uh, a few days ago, if you remember. Mm. Okay. So, over the years, Brian Cash and Derek Jeter had a rocky relationship. And we're talking like the later years of Jeter's career. What I mean by that? Let's talk about maybe 2010 when Derek Jeter was up for a new contract about that time, if you remember. 
Yeah, it was. Where he got what? $2 million for like the next what, four years or something like that? Actually, it was, um, at the time, if memory serves me correctly, it was, it was three, it was three years about average, average and annual value of 18 million, if my memory serves me correctly, yeah. Yeah. So, there was a time where Jeter came to Brian Cashman's office and Jeter wants something within, I think, the $150 million range. Cashman hmm. wouldn't, wouldn't settle for it. So, you know, it's a lot of back and forth. And Jeter goes pretty much, um, who are you going to take uh, at shortstop over me? Like, who do you prefer over me? Right. And Brian Cashman goes, he gives him a list. And he even tells him, I'll take Troy Tulowitzki over you. Oh. Wow. Wait, I heard that. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's... Uh... Any thoughts on that? Uh... Sorry, Steven. Well, I mean, what year, what year did you say that that was? So it's 2010. 2010. I mean, Jeter at that 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 year. I mean, honestly, I would take I would have took Tolo Whitsky in 2010 over Jeter. I mean, no offense to Jeter, I love Jeter, but I mean, you know, at the time, yeah, yeah, at the time, yeah. I mean, uh, I I don't blame Cashman. You know, he uh, he, he says what he's gonna say and he, he means it. You know, he he says it straight up there, even to the captain of the Yankees. And you know, I I, I love Cashman. He's got, he's got some balls. And uh, I mean, we we got Tulowitzki now. I don't know, you know, if this is how how you know uh, good he was in 2010. Uh, I still think he's good, even despite the injuries. But um, I mean, yeah, as as I said, I would have definitely taken Tulowitzki over in uh, 2010. And um, you know, I, I kind of understand why Jeter's upset. But, um, you know, Cashman, Cashman's right, I think. Shoe? I mean, listen, for all of you Derek Jeter crushers out there, that man is not perfect. Never was and never will be. I mean, at the time, here's the irony. Here's, okay. the, ir- here's the irony in all of this. Derek Jeter at that time was was actually coming off a really down year in in 2010. Down year? What? Stat-wise? Stat-wise, yeah. Listen, he was coming off his age 36 season. It was pretty clear that his bat speed was beginning to slow down and, 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 and so forth. And the Yankees were not the Yankees were not willing to offer a, 30, a soon-to-be 37-year-old shortstop a deal that would have been worth between 22 to 24 million dollars. That's that's the thing that I that I found to be interesting. Yet at the same time, gut-wrenching. Considering this, there were some people, although it wasn't a vast majority, but there were some people that were thinking, "Is this really possible that Judah could play in, an, in, an, in another uniform?" Like. Seriously? Like, I think if anything, what it showed was that the Yankees were not, 
They were not going to budge regardless of who the player is, even if it was Derek Jeter, the captain of the New York Yankees, the face of the, face of the franchise. And this is why I, fe- I feel like that when, then when we talk about, when we talk about the standoff between Jeter and Cashman after the 2010 season is because at that point, you have to remember where the Yankees were. Where the Yankees were at that point in time. First off, they were at a point where they had just lost to the Texas Rangers in the ALCS, failed oh, to get back to the World me. Series, and also, not to mention that this was a roster that was old. Rivera was still dominant. Posado was at the end of his career. Pettit was on his way out for a for a, for a mini retirement. Yeah. For for for, for mini retirement. And the Yankees were at a at a point where they had to make a decision. And kudos to Cashman and, and Steve couldn't have said it better. But I'm gonna take this a step further. Listen, the man got the man's eagle's eagle was hurt. It was. There was no question about it. I mean, how hurt was it? I, I mean, pre- clearly, pretty clear. I mean, pretty was clear it like it. was it like the equivalence of like some guy in a bar who thinks he got like the biggest dick in the world and then just gets shot down by the ugliest chick in the bar? Steve, what, <laughs> Steve Wesley, go back and watch his watch his um his his press conference. Oh, I saw so that. Funny, go you that that t- that tells you all you needed to know. Yeah, but he I was, was pissed. Alley, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. That that tells you everything you need to know. Like how 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 hurt he was, and it's like, dude, I'm sorry. If you were 30, yes, sure, maybe you're 36, coming off a down year, and oh by the way, he actually had an even worse year in 20, in 2011. Statistically, people yeah. forget that. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say statistically? Yes. Oh, I know there's a lot of people that don't like stats. But that, but that is the truth. Jeter in 2011 hit 270. Yeah. And didn't hit, hit so much power. Well, remember when he broke his ankle, too? He was even worse than that. No, no, no. That, no, no. 2012, he was better. He was actually better. He, 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 bat, he hit yeah, over... After, yeah. He, oh, he, at, like after 2012? No, in 2012. That was the year that he broke his ankle in the... In the ALCS against the against the Tigers. Well, yeah, I mean, like after 2012. Oh, was, 2013. Oh my God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when the, that's when the whole Yankees started going downhill. Yeah. So, yeah. Rough years. I mean, look, there was a time when Derek Jeter was the best shortstop in baseball, but he, in his later years, wasn't always the better, like the best shortstop in baseball. Honestly speaking. When freaking Alex Rodriguez came over here, believe it or not, he was actually a much better shortstop than Derek Jeter. But he moved to third base because if he didn't do that, that'd be a big headline in the New York Post. And Jeter had an ego. Am I correct about this or not? No, he did. He's a kicker. I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to take it a step further. 
in 2010, Jeter scored 111 runs and had, and had 30 doubles and 67 runs batted in. And ironically enough, he had more RBIs in 2010 than he did in 2009 when he had 66 runs. Drove in 66 okay. runs. But, again, his ego was bruised because he felt that he was that he should be paid based on what, on his on his past accomplishments. I don't mean who could fault him, but the truth is, and, and I mean if you're gonna get paid at like a certain year. I don't mean to cut you off, but like if you're gonna make that pay, like let's say between twenty ten, like years of two thousand seven and twenty ten, it's not what you did. It's what you're doing between that time period. Right? Right? Shoot. Shoot. Yeah. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear Like, if anything that I, that I saw, and even from what I read at the time, it just, it just showed, it just showed to me that, listen, the Yankees were in a position and at a place at a time that they had to make a really critical decision. There was concern that he was starting to lose mobility and, and his agility in the field. Consider this. He won a, he won a gold glove in 2010 as well. So defensively, he was still among the, the, the elite in, 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 in baseball at, at the shortstop position. But, the, but here's the problem. Okay. The problem at the time, and again, for those of you that listen, we're talking about 2010. We're talking about 2010, the year that he that he went into into free agency and had a and had a contract a contractual stand up with with the general manager Brian Cashman that 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 was recently de- delved furthermore into re- just very just very recently as this past week. And I just think that consider this. Uh, amongst all things, I think it's very fair to say that Cashman wasn't wrong in what he did, and I, and I and I and I love Jeter, and, and I, I'm grateful for everything he's done in the 20 years being the captain captain of the, of the New York Yankees. But it's about what have you done for me lately? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's just the truth. And speaking of this Jeter passion uh, relationship, it goes on to now. That played a big factor in the Stanton trade. Remember, right now, Jeter is co-owner of the Miami Marlins. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you want to know what the original trade was going to be for Stanton? Right? Yeah. Chase Headley was going to be the one that goes to Miami. But Miami wanted a better hitter. And who was a better hitter? Our second baseman at the time, Stalin Castro. I was going to say Garrett Cooper. (laughs) Wow. I'm just kidding. I thought he was the first baseman. Well, yeah. I was going to say when he said greatest hitter, but I was going to say Garrett Cooper, but... Obviously not. Derek Cooper was a fucking flop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a fucking 
I mean, floppier than filet fish from McDonald's. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but in that article, right, that you shared, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on and take this. The family feud is gonna be a two part series for this podcast. Okay? Which, cause, uh, um, Bob Crackfish and, uh, I forgot the other author released a book, um, Inside the Empire. Um, he talked about how Batman has relationship with Derek Peter and his, uh, and every, with the Yankees operations. So, so, Brian Cashman pretty much had the upper hand over Jeter in this trade. So, was the John Carlos Stanton trade a, a steal based on what I'm telling you and based on what the result was? Huh? Huh? Uh, I mean, I think it was, was a steal. It was a steal? I think it was a steal still. I mean... There wasn't a question. Are you kidding me? You get one of the marquee sluggers in baseball in Stanton, and oh, by the way, you only got to give up Stalin Castro and not even have to trade a single of your best for... Talent from the minor leagues. Only cash prospects that would never get seen. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, I mean, this, 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 they did get good. They got Caleb Smith in the trade too, which I think actually had a better year last year. Sadly, yeah. Even though they're two different positions, but I mean, I still think Caleb Smith, when he came in and pitched for Miami, pitched a little better than what Castro did. And going back to Garrett Cooper, the guy was hurt. Most of the year. So, I think it was a steal. Eric Cooper, the guy that was supposed to replace Bird at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, (laughs) yeah, I mean, we all have a point. And on top of that, you know what really, like, um, influenced this trade? So when Jeter came in to uh, own the Marlins, Stanton obviously was unhappy with the direction that they was going. And he also said that uh, every time that the Marlins were not in the playoffs because, you know, because of management, all that stuff, they were an, they were an incompetent team. They were not very uh, competitive. You know, being the joke of the NL East along with the Mets, while it's just, uh, you know. Well, plus your team colors look like you're from the rainforest. That doesn't yeah. help there. That doesn't help. Um, Stan goes, when he was in Europe, he was getting tired of watching, you know, the playoffs in Europe and not participating. Jeter goes on. Tells him, I'll trade everyone around you. Which is true. And And I'll I'll keep you here. But look how that turned out. Now, 
on to uh, the lighter side of things and the funner side of things. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about what should we enjoy. May I add? What should we enjoy from the Yankees? Please be free to say what you want over here. Starting with Steve. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, going back to Tulowitzki. I'm looking forward to Tulowitzki this year. I think uh, I had a obviously I, he didn't play last year at all, did he? In Toronto, it was a whole year he missed, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think he's gonna come back. I think he's gonna be healthy. And I think he's going to do good things for us, and uh, he's going to be – people are going to be scared to pitch him again. Uh, I mean, obviously, I want Gregorius back too, and uh, I still think Gregorius is going to be obviously the number one guy when he comes back, but Tulowitzki's still going to be a, a, a big guy to have on the team. They're going to have a deep bench, and, I mean, we have a, you know, a lot of those – a lot of good infielders. Obviously, LeMahieu too, Torres, uh, all those guys. I mean, Torres obviously can play short, too. LeMahieu can play all around. So I'm looking forward to the infield this year. I'm happy about it. They can just stay healthy. Obviously, they still got the two big first basemen. Uh, we have Voight. Uh, we'll see what Bird does this year, if he even shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the the catcher duo is great. Sanchez, um, I'm still glad we have Romine. A lot of people, I know a lot of people don't like Romine, which... He proves a lot of people wrong. He's, a, he's, I think he's one of the best backup catchers in the league. Um, people think he should go and start somewhere, which I, I have a feeling he wouldn't do good starting. I just think he's a good backup catcher to have on your team, and he shows up when uh, he's put in. And um, you know, when Sanchez gets hurt, or if he ever does get hurt, hopefully he doesn't. But putting Romine in, um, I don't mind. Uh, a lot of people dread putting in the backup catchers, but. Romine is there to save the day for the Yankees. So, as I said, infield. I'm looking forward to the infield this year. Shoe? I'm intrigued by not the the big names on the Yankees, but I'm intrigued by what the role players are. Um, I really... I'm intrigued by guys like Tula Whiskey and also and also some of the guys that's gonna be coming off the bench. And for me, the, the true mark of a great team is, is is knowing how deep of a bench you have. And I think I think there's something to be said where you can have a guy who is able to play multiple positions and be able to have a positive impact both in the clubhouse and as well as as well as on the field and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see especially the young guys the, the two guys that are going to be part of this infield for hopefully the next 10-15 years if not longer and Gleyber Torres and Miguel Andohar how do they do in year two I'm really that's one thing I'm most certainly going to be most intrigued by is there is the continued growth and development. I mean, they do have that potential. I mean, we're talking like you mentioned Torres and Andujar. I think they have that potential to either repeat last year or even be better. 
I mean, you can't go wrong with the deadly bats. I mean, you know what's my prediction for those guys offensively? I think um, in the Angkor and Torch, I think they get maybe about 21 to 23 home runs. To start leading the, the league in extra base hits. That's not a bad prediction, right? And I say 90 RBI batted in. Not a bad prediction. Yep. Anybody object? <laughs> I do not. I don't. I don't object at all. The only thing I'm I'm objecting to is Stanton. Would you please come through in a clutch? Well, that's the only thing I'm objecting to. Stop striking okay. out when it's late in the ball game and there's freaking pressure. Seriously, that's the one thing I'm objecting to. Because if there's anything about this guy that pissed me off in year one, how many times did he have to come up and keep? critical situations in ball games in October and he swings and freaking misses at a slider in the dirt. Well, That's I mean, what I'm objecting to. Well, I mean, Come I, on, let's go. We, we can we can talk about Sanchez in that situation too. He did the oh same God, thing, yes, but he would you. swing at outside pitches. He would reach so many times and I'm like both of them have so much potential to like and to I mean, go sorry going back to like the runners in scoring position killed us last year. I think so many people got on the Yankees because they would say they're not a base hit team. They would just hit home runs, which is true. And I'd like to see this team get a lot more hits. Yes, I love home runs. Who doesn't love home runs? But if this team can just hit the ball, like even a little hard ground ball up the middle, like it doesn't need to be fancy. Yeah. Just get Thank the you. bat in the ball, get it in play. If you have a guy on third, hit it down the middle. A ground ball scores a guy from third. That's all you need. But they don't – I think sometimes they're just looking for the big hit. Yeah. And – that's all they need is just hit the ball, uh, fly ball. It doesn't need to be fancy. Well, guys, I do agree with you on Sanchez, but I disagree with you guys to an extent on Stan. Now, here's why. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying, all right, eight years in Miami and no playoffs, and it's a new environment, right? But not only that, he was playing with a with a sore hamstring. Props to him playing through injury. I mean, if it wasn't for Stanton, due to Judge going down, I don't think we would have had a shot at the playoffs. I'm just saying, this year, if and when we make the playoffs, I think this will be the year that he shines. And he tells every complaining fan, I'm sorry, guys, but... He's going to pretty much tell everybody to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no yeah, ifs and buts about it. <laughs> now, talk about complaining fans. Holy shit, don't get me started on them, man. I mean, do I have to go on another rant over here about complaining fans? Now, to talk about stupid fans, hmm. I mean, I've seen and heard Someone, I'm just gonna, you know, keep their name private, like a private caller when they, uh, call star six seven before dialing the number, say that, uh, Domingo Herman oh, is good enough to, to be in that, in that starter role. Uh, no, I don't know. As I said, he, 
he'll pitch, he'll give up eight runs in the second, and then they'll keep him into the sixth, and he'll play good after the fact. And I was like, oh, he's good. No, but he already gave up eight runs. Like, what's he's he always has that one bad shitty inning that kills us. I mean, he has stuff, but if you could not give up eight runs in inning, that would be very helpful. I mean. <laughs> Play good every inning, for Christ's sake. At least play bad in the sixth, and give up a couple runs, maybe more up already. Then finally, maybe. But he's not, he's not a good, he doesn't start good. Maybe when Herman pitches, we should do the opener. Cause he seems to not play good in the first two innings. Put Chad Green in the first two innings, and then put Herman in the third. Hold on, 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 Steven. Are you suggesting when I think you're suggesting that the Yankees go to an opener? Just for Herman. Just for oh Herman. my God! No, 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 no! Instead of an opener, it's called a Herman. It's called listen, a Herman. Listen, listen! If Herm- Herman <laughs> is not good enough to be a damn starter, he shouldn't be starting the damn game to begin with. Period. I'm sure. honestly, I'm, I'm genuinely <laughs> fed up with the idea that the Yankees are continuing to run this guy out there. Like, dude, like you're not I terrible, can't. but I just don't think you are a good enough. You're, you're good enough of a starting pitcher that you can make viable contributions to this team. Moving forward, I just don't see it. Sorry. As a starter. Well, he's I mean, not bad as a reliever. He's not bad as a reliever. I agree, but, well, I mean, they, they I, the same thing pisses me off with Sessa. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of iffy, too. Every time, sometimes I see they have a doubleheader and Sessa's pitching one of the games, I'm like, why? Dude, like, stop. The guy's shown enough sh- crappy shit like Herman, and you can constantly put him out there. I said, Sessa's maybe good for an inning in the bullpen as well. If you need someone to come up, but like he's worthless as a starter, stop wasting. I mean, if you have Sessa and Mon, yeah, I take Sessa in, in, in the rotation. Like, look, that right there is a grade of a C minus because you don't have some, you know, you don't have Gio Gonzalez yet, so you're going to knock a pack at Sessa. And, well, not Sessa, uh, Herman, and then Sessa, because Gigi is not there yet. Uh-huh. On top of that, he's not there yet. Right? So, here's what I'm gonna say. I think I trust a Chinese restaurant that's greater to see more than this station that has freaking Sessa and Herman all. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll take my chances with a, with a restaurant that's greater to see than that freaking rotation. Same. I agree. I mean, if I have to, I'll, I'll order the chicken and broccoli special. I mean, if I get sick in the end, <laughs> I still trust that first restaurant over this damn fucking uh, rotation with that with that crapshoot. <laughs> Another thing, guys, if you're going to report something on the team, right, do not give any misinformation. Mm. You'll sound dumb as hell. And... Either me or shoot will call your ass out on you. I mean, am I correct? And Steven, too. I'm out, honestly, I might as well call it out directly because, listen, with all due, res- with all due respect, this, this, is, this is not a war. This is not a war between Yankee fans. But come on. Like, you're talking to the arguably the largest and the oft, most off-travel fan base there is in sports. They're, yeah. they're, they're out there. You have Yankee fans all over the country and quite frankly all over the world. And if you're, and if you're going to, to spill out information, please, the only thing I ask is to 
Double check. Double check. There was nothing wrong with that. No one's perfect, but come on. <laughs> or give me and Stu a call for assistance. <laughs> assistance helpline. Public assistance? <laughs> oh my gosh. Who are you gonna call? Public assistance! Yankee's public assistance! Herman's like, Herman's like the green, uh, alien guy in Ghostbusters. Oh, Gotta try God. to catch him. <laughs> Speaking of Herman. So last year. Last year, right? I was at a game. Where we were getting shelled. I don't remember what game it was. But one of my best friends, right? To tell you. I screamed so loud that her mom fucking sucks and blows dick. And he looked towards my direction and he fucking heard me. I kid you not. <laughs> wow. Damn. Shoot, you know what effect I can have on players on that damn outfield when I hit that outfield. Exactly. Oh my god, the South Bronx dog's going off. Hopefully we don't get balled. Fight Herman's dog. Oh shit. Probably hears, probably hears that I'm talking shit that he's on the, on the rotation. That we're all talking shit. I mean, well, hopefully, you know, I, I hope to God he does prove me wrong. And, yeah. you know, I, I hope to God he does, and he comes out there and pitches his ass off, I swear. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll take back what I said, but it has to be three starts. It can't just be one start. <laughs> it has to be at least three starts. Play good. Then I'll be like, all right, maybe I'll give this guy a shot. But I, I, I mean, just can't be a, a freaking minute man up inside her walls. You know what I mean? Yeah, it can't be up against a team like Baltimore. It has to be like no, against no. like a good Here's team. My position. Here's mm-hmm. my problem. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. And Sessa, Sessa, and, well, Sessa is now going to be in the, uh, in the bullpen. So, you're not going to see it much, but he's like a man, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, here's my problem. Instead of Vermont being in the starting rotation, mm-hmm. I think that 45th spot should, should be, be fluctuated. Between Elijah and Chance Adams. Yes. For sure. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think Loisaga and Chance Adams are like the dark horses. Especially Chance Adams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we see his I missed his start in Boston? I was there for that. It's a bad game. So you were there. Yeah. Talk about that. I mean, Chance Adams is a guy who, listen, he has he has the capability of being a, a major league starter and, and, and a good one, but that was just too small of a sample size for me. But in, but in that game, he he really did not look. He didn't look too impressive at all. I mean, honestly, honestly speaking, I just feel that like I think the nerves of pitching. At Fenway, definitely got the best of him, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, listen, you 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 making your first big league start against the Red Sox. I mean, dude, like, listen, that not many people can make that claim, but it's hard. And you're a 23 year old um, kid, like, I mean, it's it's hard. There's just no there's no way to really put it, you know. And I think that 
for, for Adams, like he, he, I mean, listen, he had an entire offseason to, to, to refine his, to, to, tune, to tune his mechanics and to, to, to show, to show that he can make that, that next step. I think that he, I think he will. But my only thing is that with him in that one stop, I'm not going to make quick judgments based because of the fact that he didn't pitch well. But at the same time, I'm not afraid to say that, listen, he, he, he's still a work in progress. Like he, I mean, he, he just is. It's just, there's just no other way to put it. It's no doubt that he's a work in progress, but I mean, it's a bright side to it. You know, since me and, uh, Steve, Steve over here are, are now in the South, South Bronx. Where are you exactly? Right now, right now I'm in Boston. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again? Yeah, I'm in Boston right now. You know, Shu has said plenty of times in this podcast, in case you guys, you guys not, not paying attention, he lives, he lives in, Boston. in Boston. So, yeah. he's in behind enemy lines in enemy, enemy territory. territory. Now, shoot. What's it like wearing a Yankees jersey in the heartland of Boston? I just, to be honest with you, I don't give a rat's ass. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've gotten looks, but I mean, the stereo- the, this, this whole myth and stereotype of don't wear Yankee gear in Boston. It's honestly, I've I've done it on multiple occasions. You're fine. You're absolutely you're just. I'll just expect to to be spoke to, to to be to be messed around with, like kidding 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 wise and so forth. But I mean, honestly, it's been a blast. It, it really has been a blast because you know, like there are other pe- there are other Yankee fans that are from New York that live in here in Boston, um, including my girlfriend. Like, so it's, it's one of those things that it's not a, it's not something that's outlandish and crazy. If anything, it just makes, it just makes it all the more fun that you have transplant New Yorkers who make the move and actually go to the games at Fenway where it's, it's a ton of fun. It's something I, I've been telling you in particular for the longest that and even I would give the same recommendation to Steve. Like, come up to Boston for Yankees Red Sox this summer. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. I'm actually working on that. <laughs> yeah, I need. I've, I've been to Fenway once, but it was not against the Yankees. But which well, I need to go against well, the Yankees. Yeah. Well, what, what was what was my first ever game at Fenway was not against the Yankees. It was actually against the Kansas City Royals in 2015, the year that they won the World Series. What was your experience like? Uh, mine, uh, I was actually up, I went up to Boston for a, a hockey tournament and, uh, me and my, my parents and my brother went to, they were playing nice. Oakland. Uh, that's back when Miguel Tejada was in Oakland. Oh, that's 2002-ish, 2002-2003, yeah. Something like that, yeah, yeah. and, uh, Tejada hit a, uh, home run of the Green Monster, which I remember that. We had to leave, like, the sixth inning because it was humid as fuck and we had, we had stand-in seats because we kind of wow. got the ticket last minute. But it was, it was a good experience as a, I wish I could stay longer. I actually want to, you know, obviously go back. Uh, obviously, I stood against the Yankees and mm-hmm. um, enjoy Fenway Park a little more than I was able to. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of Orioles-Yankees games in Baltimore, and it's pretty much like a Yankees home game because, you know, the Yankees fans take over that place. So I don't really get 
shit on my Orioles fans because, you know, majority of them are Yankees fans. Yeah. Which is great. And uh, I think, you know, any ballpark you go to, there'll be more Yankees fans except Fenway Park, I think. Even I think City Field, there's a lot more Yankees fans. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What did you say? At City Field, where the Seven Line Army is, there's more Yankees fans than Mets fans. I've experienced it. <laughs> Seven Line Army. Good gosh. Seven Line Army. I'm, I'm <laughs> not done with them. You, shoot, you know I expend a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to, like, coming at us and it turns out to be whack. I mean... I think this is a time where we, we should, like, share some of our thoughts about the Seven Line Army. You, I'd like to start with you. Oh, <laughs> come God. on. Let that shit out. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know you want this. Dude. All I'm saying right now, and I'm saying is right this moment, starting today, an opening day, to the entire New York base, New York Mets fan base, if you start with your shit talking already, and you and you and you plummet the way that you did last season after an eleven and one start, understand you are all going to catch my wrath across social media, <laughs> on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and especially on Facebook. You self, you self-proclaimed, self-inflated pieces of shit. Like, <laughs> really? Don't, don't make that mistake. Cause, no, no, cause, cause I got a story, for, I got a story for you guys. So, I was at the first game of 2018 between the Yankees and Red Sox here in Boston. And at that point, the Yankees had fell to, they felt, I remember they were 6 and 6, they were 500 team. Mets won that night, they went to 11 and 1. Oh my God! If you went on social media and saw the the, the legion of Met fans, especially on uh, especially the ones that we know on West, you would have thought they had just won their first their first World Series title since 1986. <laughs> but we know that baseball is a long like, season, and hey, what do you know? Nah, Down yeah, the toilet they went, out of contention by the time June came around. And we and we know the rest is history. There you have it. Yeah, I mean, as I said, the Mets fans need to start worrying about the teams that matter that they need to worry about to them in the division. The Phillies and Braves, you need to fucking start worrying about them and their record than a team that's yeah. in a separate league. That if we're in first, it doesn't even matter to them because that doesn't hurt you guys. So stop worrying about what we're doing. And worry about what the fucking Phillies and Braves are doing because honestly, those teams are looking scary right now, the Phillies and Braves. So yeah, I would, you know, I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Yankees rivalry, it's a cool rivalry. It's cool to, you know, talk shit back and forth, but I think sometimes people just, the Mets fans talk way too much shit about the Yankees and I never hear them talk shit about the Phillies. Never. I mean, when Harper went to the Phillies, they didn't say anything. They're still like, oh, blah, 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 Yankees, Yankees, Yankees. And I'm like, dude, like the Phillies, I have a fucking army now. Mm-hmm. Real, real Mudo, Franco, McCutcheon, Harper, and you guys are still fucking worried about the Yankees. Segura. Segura. The Jean yeah, Segura, Segura, yeah. The Jean Segundo. Wesley Segundo. <laughs> so, I mean, like, going back, I mean, Wes knows this too. My, my dad's a Mets fan, my mom's a Yankees fan. And I, I, I honestly, I respect the Mets. I do. And, uh, but it's always, if Mets fans are going to talk about the Yankees, 
Yankees are my number one. I can talk shit about the Mets. I'll respect the Mets, but sometimes they're fans. It's just like me being a Giants fan, the Jets fans. They get on my fucking nerves. And it's like, worry about the teams that you should be worried about. Stop worrying about what the Yankees are doing. And listen, we didn't start. We didn't start. That dumbass Darren Meenan started with his Yankees suck do 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 shit, which turned out to be so fucking whack. And you guys saw my response to him, to him right? right? We didn't start the talking. Most of you Pet fans and the seven, seven line arm talking. And there's a lot of Pet fans that do not like the seven line arm because that guy's a sellout. That whole group is a sellout. And they're the same ones that are Met Sox fans. Met Sox. Oh, I hate that. Oh, that gives Oh, yeah, Mets. I uh, yeah, they. Uh, I hate that. They only like like I. I don't. As I said, I don't see Yankees fans just like in the Phillies just to fuck the Mets. Right. I don't see it. I don't see it happen. It does. They don't do that. But Mets fans obviously want to fuck the Yankees as much as they can, so they're just going to go for their number one rivals and talk shit when they didn't make the playoffs. And you're going to like. Root for the, you root for the Red Sox, fine. Like I don't, I don't care root for who you want to root for, but you can't talk shit when your team is playing golf a little early. So that shit just pisses me off. You know, I'm over here. <laughs> you know, me and Shu, we're like brothers, so like I'm over here trying to get Shu to rant a little more because when he rants, it's very informative. <laughs> But it's funnier shit than when I ran. <laughs> I'm like the instigator when it comes to this. <laughs> you guys uh, uh, see the new commercial for the Yankees? Awesome. Love it. Love it. What is that? It's actually, I love it. I'll explain it in just a moment. It's, I'm going to just say quickly, it's better than, than we bring the Heat commercial from last year. So, Steven, in case if you missed it earlier today, the Yankees... Unveiled a, a new commercial um, that's on the I, I, think, I believe it's on the on the Yankees website if I'm not mistaken, but it's, it's definitely on the Instagram on, on the Yankees Instagram page. Aaron yep. Judge and John Carlos Stanton have a new promotion where they're calling it was what is it called the Bronx the Bronx Yard um, Yard Work Yard Work. Think about what it means for a moment, Stephen. Like. What are those two men are going to be doing the most in 2019? Yard work. Going yard. <laughs> yeah, you, you're like, you, you have to watch it in order to really appreciate it. Cause it, it's really, it's that, it is that hilarious and it's that good. That's good. Are they always, I mean, is that, is that kind of like one of those Yes Network commercials they do too? Like those funny ones no. are not separate. It wouldn't surprise me if it aired on Yes. It wouldn't surprise me if it did, but. It won't air on Yes, but it's more of a Yankees commercial than anything. Okay. They actually also did, uh, sort of like the Dateline, uh, Deadline, uh, Dateline interview with James Paxton and the Eagle. That landed on him last year. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> the Yankees and James Paxton did a commercial with that. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, before we all close out, let's make our prediction for our, our 
top three power hitters, right? Mm-hmm. And Judge, Stanton, and Gary Sanchez. But in all, hear mine, and then you guys make yours. But hear mine, tell me if you agree or disagree. All right? So, my predictions for uh, Sanchez, Judge, and Stanton. I say Judge has a breakout year, and this time he wins AL MVP with 45 to 50 home runs and 120 RBIs if he stays healthy. All right? Mm -hmm. 35 to 40 and 100 RBIs if he's not. Okay? Sanchez. I think he goes 35, 110 RBIs, 35 home runs, 110 RBIs if healthy. But if he's not, 25 home runs, 90 RBIs. Stanton, I think he goes 50 home runs, 130 RBIs if healthy. And if he's not, 38 home runs and 110 RBIs. Do you guys agree? Uh, well, I actually, I have Stanton hitting home runs about in the 50s this year. Stanton in the 50s? Hell yeah. Hmm. I got him having a better start than he did last year. I think he's going to get off an earlier start. I mean, he played good in that series in Toronto last year early and then kind of like fell off the grid till like May. But I think April he's going to really start early and stay healthy. I mean, you know, everyone usually has droughts yeah. uh, through the year. And, you know, he's, he's it's going to happen. It happens. I don't want to hear any of the fans saying he should be traded, you know, because it happens. Um, but I think he's going to hit, and I think he's going to hit more home runs than Judge. Hmm. I think Judge is going to hit, I have a lot of home runs. I think he's going to hit more, more in the 40s, maybe 40, 47. I think Judge is going to be more, he's going to have a lot more on base hits too this year. A lot of doubles. Um, but yeah, I think Stanton is going to be more of the power hitter. Sanchez, uh, I say, I say around 30, 32 home runs. Um, I have him being a, a big on base hitter too. Um, you know, hopefully Stanton and Sanchez can lower the strikeouts a little bit. That would be very nice. I wish, I think, I think they will. I think they're gonna, you know, fix it. I may still see them strike out a lot, but I think Judge is, you know, he used to strike out a lot too, which I don't think he's, uh, he's really gonna be striking out a lot too. I think the team is gonna see the ball better this year. Shoe. You agree? Stan, I think he'll hit 41. What about, what was a buck 10? Okay. But I think, I think the strike. Say that again? If healthy? If healthy, yes. Okay. If healthy. And I just think that he'll, he'll hit around maybe 280, 285, which, which, which would be solid. I think ultimately for him, he's got, he really has to cut down on those strikeouts. But of course, with the, with the home, being a home run hitter, you, you kind of have to learn to take the, take the strikeouts with the home run. So you learn to just accept, you know, and judge. I, I easily see him hitting 45 easily. I see him hitting 45, hitting around around two, around 300, 
and drive, driving over 120. Because he's got that kind of power, and he got even better. As it was pretty evident during the spring training, and I expect that to carry that into the regular season. Well, I, I'm, not bad. I may add, watch out for Glaber Torres as well to be up there. Uh, I think, I mean, I know it's spring training, but every every time I looked at my phone when they were playing, you, I would see his name on the home run, like hitting a home run. And obviously, I don't know the pitchers who were pitching against, but well, maybe he's pitching against his own pitcher, Domingo Herman. I don't know. But I think Glaber Torres is going to have a good year this year, too. Right behind Stan, maybe as number four. Uh, behind Sanchez, sorry. Hmm. It's not bad. I mean, this is something to look forward to, like, no doubt. Excited. But I will say this. There are some Yankee fans that are dumb as shit, so don't start booing in early fucking April. Seriously. Seriously. It, it really annoys me. But I will say this. As I announced earlier, I will be at Open Cave. You can catch me for five innings, four eleven, with my girlfriend, and then we're going to go down to the Toyota Terrace. You know, so I could be by the bullpen, chatting with some friends. I mean, not friends, but fans. If I do happen to see friends, I'll be chatting with them. Hopefully chat with other fans and get some, like, interviews, maybe like three, four questions, and we'll slot it in over here. And then have a blast and enjoy everything. That being said, this has been episode six of the 161st Street Murders Row podcast, opening day special, Family Feud, part one. Episode seven, we'll talk more on the Family Feud, which means the internal affairs of the Yankees, and we'll talk more about Jeter and Brian Cashman's relationship. From then and now, also the fact that uh, I bet you guys have known this. You know George Steinbrenner? Actually, wanted to move the Yankees to the Upper West Side. Huh. But, but, yeah. yeah. On top of that, too, he almost had a deal with Chuck Dolan, no. which is the father of Jim Dolan. I'm, I'm not, not sure if you're aware. Right? Those guys have friends. I'm talking about Chuck Dolan and Steinbrenner, because they're both from Ohio. They almost made a deal where I think it was like 80-30. So, like... Gets control of he gets some control of the Yankees, Rangers, and Knicks. Wow! Wow! Chuck Dolan gets eighty percent of that, and the Yankees would be able to get their um, regional sports network, which is known as the Yes Network. Yankees Entertainment and Sports Network. That's what YES stands for. Two, you got to remember, because the Dolan's own cable vision and some of Conway Cable, which is now a spectrum. 
So it's been a long process with that. Me and Shu will touch base on that on the, on the next episode. episode. Hope this like marinates in your brain and keeps you wanting to taste more. I have been your host, Wesley Segundo. Your co-host, Shu Rice, and our guest, Stephen Halkinson. Guys, make your statements known. Starting with you. Start of the new season. Time to get time to get the, the grill going. Baseball's back, which means all is right with the world. Let's go, Yankees. Time to ring in 2019 with a bang. Let's get it. As I said, I'm 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 excited. It was a long off season. My Rangers suck. My Lakers suck. My Giants suck. Come on, Yankees. I'm I'm counting on you. I need some I need some happy sports, man. Yankees, I I see them I see them bringing home the championship this year, making all the stars of the other sports go away. So let's do it, baby. So like I said, a few hours from now, I'll be inside of Yankee Stadium, live watching opening day in Yankee Stadium. That being said, as in the words of Michael K, see you, and we are out. This was another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod. Thank you for joining us. Please join us once again with your hosts, Shukri Wrights and Wesley Segundo. This show was produced by Ricky Lewinkowicz of Pain Train Pipe Bomb. Please join us once again for another episode of 161 Murderer's Row Pod. See ya!